keep still, you little devil, or I'll cut your throat. No, son, no. Welcome to The Rank with John and Zach. I'm John. I'm Zach. We've been friends since Cub Scouts, and now 30 years later, we decided to start a podcast where we'll be ranking anything and everything. You know, the natural progression of events for millennials. You're probably wondering what credentials we have to rank anything. Well, we don't have any. And if you disagree, join the discussion at The Rank Podcast on Twitter or X, threads, Instagram, and TikTok on our website at therankwithjohnandzach.com or at our email address, uh, therankwithjohnandzach at protonmail.com. You can also support us on Patreon at The Rank Podcast. That's patreon.com slash The Rank Podcast. And you can check out clips or full episodes on our YouTube channel, The Rank with John and Zach. And please remember to rate, review, and subscribe so we can keep this thing going. Hey, everybody. All of our listeners. Zach's got something to tell you about the next uh, year of nominees. I do. (laughs) What do I have to tell them? Uh, tell them how they should uh, they should reach out to us to choose the next um, year after 2023. You should all reach out to us to choose the next year after 2023. Where can they reach us? At um, social media slash email at the rank podcast generally. I don't really know them. Also the rank with John and Zach at protonmail.com if you want yes. to email us directly. Yes. You should email us, yes, directly or on the internet. We are likely to respond. Hold on. Let me take you to Funky Town by Lips Incorporated. Mm. Well, you couldn't hear me before, but I was singing a whole bunch of Karma, 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 Chameleon. Wow. I didn't, Culture Club. I didn't know you liked Culture Club so much. You know what? Lyndon loves Karma Chameleon. Wow. So... When my mom says that she hasn't like listened to or seen any adult media, and by adult media, just a media for anybody who isn't a child, uh, in like fifty years, she's right. Yeah, just it's what happens. Yeah, it is my life. Although you know, I, I watch uh, action movies in my in my basement That's during true. work hours. <laughs> Something somewhat sinister about that, and yet it isn't at all. So. But you have to be careful about this whole in your basement thing. It just always sounds. <laughs> well, I got a big basement. That's okay. it's it's spacious. There's that's what that's what she very said. few whips and chains. Oh, so oh okay, darn. <laughs> is 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 Fifty Shades of Grey an action movie? Is it? Oh my god, I hope not. I, it's I it's no violent. Interest. I think. I don't know. If violent means action, though. That's true, actually. Because horror would be action, then it isn't necessarily. Yeah. It's well, I think Fifty not. Shades of Grey is definitely horror. So, well, our our social media guy wants us to do horror. He thinks that would be hilarious since we both don't like it. Yeah. So that's that would be great. He's right. <laughs> yeah. Let's both do something we don't like. <laughs> Sounds like marriage. Am I right? Hey! Oh. Hey, you remembered. <laughs> Fantastic. I love it. I just did like that golf swing motion that Johnny Carson used to do, but nobody saw. So whatever. Well, maybe if we make the avatar do it. <laughs> that would be fun. Right. Let's see. Nope. It just bounces. There's no there's no golf swing motion. Make the golf make the golf swing for the for the lizard, for the Komodo dragon. It is a lizard though, so. I thought I was... for sure you were going to be like, actually, it's a Komodo <laughs> dragon. Well, I mean, it's a kind of lizard. It's a monitor lizard. 
You know what else is a kind of lizard, strangely? Snakes. Yeah, but just without legs. And there mm -hmm. are uh, lizards that are called lizards that are that don't have legs. That don't have legs and yet aren't snakes. Yeah, isn't it fun? Yeah, it is fun. The infinite, you know, varieties of life. Well, I we're guess. busy killing them all, so. Yep. <laughs> oh, humans. And you know, there are lizards that don't have legs but aren't snakes. And but not for long, though, because soon they're going to die, too. Yeah, um, exactly. Amphibians should go first, so that'll be exciting. I got sick of Funky Town by Lips Incorporated, so I turned it off. It yeah. keeps going after one Funky Town, you know? you think it would be all set after one let me do, 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 do Funky Town. you think it would be over, because that's all anybody needs. But no, the song keeps going. It's just a whole lot of Funky Town business. All right, I'll put on I'll put on Rasputin by uh, Boney M. Boney M, not Boney Bear. Boney M. It's a disco. It's a German Caribbean disco group from the seventies. Yeah, I mean that called, makes sense. Yeah, and they have a song called Rasputin, which is how they pronounce it. It's Rasputin, but they say Rasputin, Rasputin, lover of the Russian queen, etc. Yeah, I think the yeah. Okay, so <laughs> it's, it's I was produced say, by the I same that... guy who I just want to tell you it's produced by the same guy who produced uh Millie Vanilli, so and they also oh. lip sync. Lip sync. Lip synced. <laughs> lip sync. That's what happened to the Titanic. It lip sync. Yeah. <laughs> lip sync. Lip lips incorporated lip sync too, I think. Yeah. Man, this Millie is Vanilli song. definitely lip sync. I just watched their uh documentary that's on about on hulu about them so you know i have trouble watching great expectations on time but i watched the billy vanilli documentary and i knew most of the stuff in it anyway because i've seen me buying the music multiple times <laughs> okay great well let's dive in so <laughs> that is a good every... segue just mentioning the name is a good segue <laughs> well on every episode we we do a little bit of banter which i guess that just was i don't even <laughs> I don't know what we just did, but um, then we uh, we we talk about the the movie, you know, just like a little summary and what we're movie we're talking about. In this case, great expectations. Then Pope Notables, which is interesting facts and tidbits about the movie that we found. Um, and then we go into a movie overview. Which spoiler alert: if you haven't seen this in the past seventy six years, we are going to go through or read the novel. Uh, we are going to go through the book or the. the the movie in detail from beginning to end or read and, the novel in the past 150 years yeah, exactly <laughs> um and then uh and then we do the rank which is the namesake of the show we rank the movie on 10 categories or in 10 categories uh with a scale of one to ten one being the worst ten being the best the cumulative score between the two of us is the rank and um and that's how uh we find out what the best best picture nominee of all time is Right now, Brooklyn's still on top. So today we're ranking Great Expectations, the 1947 film starring John Mills and Valerie Dobson with a screenplay by Ronald something. <laughs> and Neem, I guess, N-E-A-M-E. Niami, uh, Anthony Havelock. <laughs> Sorry, Ronald something. I don't know. <laughs> Anthony Havelock Allen. Um, that's hyphenated last name. Kay Walsh. Yeah. Cecil McGivern and David Lean, who also directed it. Those are all the need, people. Why did this need so many people? I don't know, but it was adapted from the famous novel by Charles Dickens. Yeah, he wrote that just him. They needed yeah. six people to adapt it, though. <laughs> well, here's what the interesting part is: Kay Walsh and Cecil McGivern were given credit were were credited as being 
adapted with instead of a uh, instead of by, oh. which the other three did get credited for. Okay. So not sure what that means. Me neither. But it gets more interesting because this movie was nominated for five Oscars and it won two. The nominations it didn't win for were best writing, and the only three that were nominated were the three that were credited as adapted by and not the two mm -hmm. that were credited as adapted with. Okay. So I guess they did the story, screen story by maybe. Yeah. yeah. Like, hey, I got a really good story. <laughs> Nothing to do with Charles Dickens, I swear. <laughs> it's a brand new story. Have you ever read Great Expectation by Charles Dickens? You have. It's not that. <laughs> it's new. Well, it was it's new. It was also nominated for Best Director for David Lean and, of course, Best Picture. It won for Best Art and Set Decoration and for Best Cinematography. So the story follows Pip, a young orphan who encounters the enigmatic Miss Havisham and her ward, Estella. As Pip grows, he falls in love with Estella, whose coldness is shaped by Miss Havisham's eccentric and vengeful manipulation. The film chronicles Pip's journey from poverty to wealth, courtesy of an unknown benefactor, and his aspirations to become a gentleman. It explores themes of ambition, social class, and the transformative power of love while revealing the impact of choices on one's destiny. So on to the last of the nominees from 1947. Mm, another so, year in the bag after this. Yeah. This will be our third year done. So far, The Bishop's Wife is the standout, and the actual winner, Gentleman's Agreement, was not up to snuff. Mm -mm. So will this be another 2004? Will Great Expectations do what Sideways did and pull it out at the end? We'll see. I mean, we have. I, what are your expectations for this? Are they great? They're pretty great. They're mine are a bit low. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Well. I'm pip at well, the beginning. We'll You're pip in the middle. <laughs> well, we'll see if they pull it out at the end. You know, the old pull and pray. So um, <laughs> maybe maybe it'll even challenge Brooklyn. It might. Which is still our number one Best Picture nominee. So, yeah. All right. Well, let's find out how this movie stacked up against the rest of the nominees in 1947, 2004, and 2015. First, the Potent Notables. Potent Notables. So as always, we start our Potent Notables with the box office results. Working from the same variety article that I found from Miracle on 34th Street, I've got the rentals, quote-unquote, for great expectations. It made $2 million, which made it the 70th highest grossing film of that year. It had a budget of 350,000 pounds, which in today's dollars would be about $22.8 million. Okay. <laughs> I couldn't find out how much 350,000 pounds would have been in 1946 dollars. So, uh -huh. which it, that's when it was filmed, 1946. It actually was released in 1946 in the UK, but uh -huh. it's 1947 nominee because it was released in the United States in 1947. Oh, really? Which I actually found really confusing because I would look it up on IMDb and it kept being like 1946. I'm like, no, I'm looking for the 1947 one. I'm like, oh, no, I guess it's this. Mm hmm. That was a great story, John. Okay, so I couldn't find how much. Um, yeah. So sorry. <laughs> also, we've got another uh, release to account for. Re-release, mm -hmm. right? It made nineteen thousand three hundred twenty-nine dollars in a two thousand seven re-release in the UK. Oh, really? Yep. Didn't Which uh, me either? 
it's not that much money. It's more than the others, you know, have had and Crossfire mm -hmm. didn't have anything. Mm -hmm. But I just think it's so funny looking these movies up on Box Office Mojo because it'd be like, this movie made $19,000. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, what was that one movie that made like in the single digits, apparently? <laughs> that was, I don't know, one of the, it was, I think it was Bishop's Wife. <laughs> Nobody saw I think it, it, not even people who made it. <laughs> I think it was like $16 is what it was, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was pretty small. From, oh, yeah, like New Zealand or something. Yeah, I guess it's not single digits, but it's, you know, one movie ticket today. So <laughs> single digit, uh, you know, audience number. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So this was the third most popular movie at the British box office. Mm -hmm. And most popular movie at the Canadian box office. Oh. Well, 70th that's... in the United States. Though. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't like it. We were like, books? No, thank you. Yeah, exactly. So the director, David Lean, mm -hmm. wanted his movie to have a feeling of heightened realism. Working closely in conjunction with art director John Bryan and cinematographer Guy Green, he employed several tricks, such as forced perspective, to achieve the effect. Mm -hmm. The famous opening shot in the graveyard, for instance, features a brooding church in the back in the background, which in reality was only nine feet high. <laughs> which okay, it's a really small church. <laughs> what is this? A church for ants? <laughs> so also, David Lean was not a particularly well-read man and only oh. became aware of the power of Charles Dickens' story when his wife, Kay Walsh, dragged him to a stage production of Great Expectations in 1939. Hmm. That's funny he, since I, I noticed that he directed several other... I know. Isn't that interesting? I thought the same thing. Because he... Go ahead, I'm sorry. He, so he got like got into it. He's like, oh, this is good. So, He's so. like, I want to be Dickensian. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> Leanensian. Lean, leaning, leaning. Leanian? Uh, Lenian. There you go. Um, so, incidentally, playing Herbert Pocket in that production was a mm -hmm. young Sir Alec Guinness. Oh, that is fun. Whom Lean subsequently cast in the same role in the movie. Aside from an uncredited appearance in Evensong, it was Guinness's first major screen role and was also the first of six movies he made with Lean. Yeah, I was going to say he was also in uh, Lawrence of Arabia, at least. I don't know what else. Well, Martita Hunt was also mm -hmm. in the stage production playing Miss Havisham, a role she reprised in this movie. Oh, so he liked this film. He this really liked this play. A lot. He's like, yeah. this is great. You guys he all also, want to be in the movie? And they're like, uh, I mean, yeah, I do. there was parts in the movie where it was very, it felt very much like it was a stage production, mm -hmm. especially with the lighting. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So... Alec Guinness admired the way David Lean directed him, singling out a close-up in which he had to laugh out loud, and which he struggled to make look unmanufactured, right? Mm. So Lean told him to forget about the whole thing, sat by his side, and made a little signal to the camera to start turning in the course of the conversation. Mm -hmm. He said something which made Guinness laugh, and then said, cut. Mm. Guinness, quote, so he got his, he got this shot on a totally false premise, but thank God, I don't think I would have ever achieved it otherwise. End quote. Well, that's false premise. That was a false premise you got me on. I just think that's kind of cool that he like. And so Guinness had no idea he was being filmed, got mm -hmm. the laugh, and then he just moved on. He's like, okay, done with this dumbass conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Wish I could do that right now. Yeah. Wait, are you saying that about me? 
<laughs> no, 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 no. Think about Charles Dickens. So, in contrast, Valerie Hobson called the experience of working with David Lean on this movie, quote, the unhappiest. Oh, God. And called him, quote, a cold director. He gave me nothing at all as an actress. So she did she work with him again? Because doesn't sound. I mean, I would think not. <laughs> I didn't check to see, but so John Mills playing Pip from age nineteen to twenty five was thirty eight mm. at the time of filming. Oh, so he was in nineteen or twenty five. Yeah, or, or um, twenty or twenty one or twenty two or twenty three or twenty four. Yeah, you know that doesn't surprise me at all. At all. <laughs> We'll get to it, but yeah, I don't. I don't find that quote notable, surprising. So at the end, a shot of Valerie Hobson staring into a mirror was taking longer than anticipated and was suspended. Mm -hmm. It was lunchtime and returned to in the afternoon. Approximately three months after this movie had been on exhibition, a moviegoer asked what was meant by a Chad being reflected in the mirror. Mm -hmm. It seems that a worker on the movie had drawn it on the wall during the break in filming, and it is dimly visible in the final scene be behind John Mills's shoulder as mm. he says, I've never ceased to love you when there seemed no hope in my love. Okay. What's it? What's a Chad? No idea. I think somebody <laughs> wrote Chad. No. I, I forgot to look for it. I was, I was like, oh, that's a funny boat notable. And then I was, I was so ready for the movie to be over that I didn't look for it. Already, so let's get to the rank. <laughs> <laughs> so Gene Simmons, who played young Estella, later played Miss Havisham in Great Expectations in oh, 1989. So not, sorry, not Gene Simmons. The <laughs> member, member of KISS. <laughs> I didn't even put that together. That's hilarious. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> Hold on. A second. I don't remember him in this at all. But no. I, okay, thank God. That would have been, been strange. <laughs> Boy, Estella's got a really long tongue. She really does. No wonder Pip likes him. He likes her. <laughs> During one scene where she had to carry a candle while walking up the stairs, this is Gene Simmons we're talking about here, not of Kiss. Um, Gene Simmons' apron caught on fire. Mm -hmm. So Gene actually discussed the impre impression of David Lean as well. Mm -hmm. Though she was 16 at the time, she said, quote, with me and the boy, Anthony Wager, yeah. He was only 13, by the way. Mm -hmm. He was very gentle. He seemed amused by us for some reason. It was a perfect part for me. 16 is the age of flirtation. And did she... So, you know... Yeah, sort of. But, like, I guess, you know, it was an interesting quote, but then um, this interviewer, the next question was, and did, and did you break the boy's heart as mm -hmm. an Anthony Wager? Yeah. Which I was like, that's not what my head went to, but okay. <laughs> Um, so, oh, no, no, this is what she responded, but we liked each other. In fact, he saved my life on the film one day. I had to go up and down those damn stairs so many times holding the candle that I was tired late one evening and I kind of relaxed and let my arm drop. Suddenly there were flames shooting up. My apron was on fire. Anthony just rushed in and brushed it out. He was there before anyone else could move. Really a great sense of timing. I often, I often wonder what happened to him. He may have just given up acting and gone into business. Which is hilarious, and end quote by the way, which is hilarious to me because like I looked him up and he said a lot of stuff. She just like didn't bother to like pay attention to his career after this. Okay, goodbye, you're gone. And so, um, I don't know that quote. That entire quote was just like a roller coaster ride for me a little bit. Because, <laughs> um, oh no, we got along. 
Yeah, he saved my life once. Wait, what? It's more than getting along. So do you guys keep in touch? I have no idea where he is. <laughs> he saved my life, and then I kicked him out. Uh, okay, it's like, all right. Seems very Estella to me. Yeah, actually, this entire quote is very Estella. <laughs> she leaned a little bit too hard into her character. And, and that candle. <laughs> so Gene Simmons ended up moving to the States in the 50s, mm -hmm. which was reported as an ambitious career move. Um, but in fact, she was sold into a kind of slavery. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought the last one took a dark turn. <laughs> Way worse. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm like trying to come up with a funny one to be the next thing, but I can't think of really much worse. <laughs> so, and, I, and, and then the Holocaust. Like, wait, it's <laughs> all I can think of. <laughs> um, well, I don't know if you noticed, but the production company for this movie was Rank, Rank mm. Productions, which oh. is kind of hilarious. Trying to rip us off, huh? <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> so, quote, I fully intended to come back and complete my contract with Rank, but they sold me to Howard Hughes. Oh, God. How old is she again <laughs> at this point? <laughs> I think she was, uh, you know, of age at this point. <laughs> okay, because you said it was the 50s, so if she was 16 in 1947, yeah. But yeah. no, yeah, that's... <laughs> That's great, either way. So you're not allowed to do that now. You can't oh, yeah. just sell somebody's contract. But mm -hmm. you could then. Mm -hmm. Gabriel Pascal, producer for for Rank Pictures, whatever, okay. yeah. um, owned part of the contract. And I met him afterwards and said, Gabby, why did you sell me? <laughs> and he said, to be honest, I needed the money. <laughs> I just thought, whoops, why, well, okay. There's not much what, you can do about that. That's why I sell all my slaves. I need the money. Yeah, exactly. But did you hear her reaction to, mm -hmm. his, oh, to well. his? Oh well, there's nothing you can do about that. That's an awfully cavalier attitude. <laughs> she seems like a cavalier person, strangely. Yeah. So obviously, I mean, I assume you would like to know what she thought of Howard Hughes, right? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Quote: I guess he had his idiosyncrasies, but I found mm. him very nice. He would almost come into a room backwards he was so shy i had to do four pictures for hughes and then i was free i have been free ever since <laughs> i never signed a contract with the studio after they were kind of forgettable picture pictures hopefully well, <laughs> okay that's okay i was i thought that might actually go a weirder direction because all further quotes have gone a weirder direction <laughs> i thought howard was kind of sweet he only killed me once wait hold on how many times do you usually get killed he only killed me once. I mean, that was <laughs> nice of him. He could have yeah. great jokes. Mm -hmm. So Anthony Wager, who played young Pip, was found as a result of John Mills, um, who was already cast as the adult Pip. He made a filmed plea that was played in 700 rank-owned theaters. Mm -hmm. And the producers were flooded with letters and photos of prospective Pips, with young Tony eventually being chosen for the role. Mm -hmm. I just thought that was like sort of fascinating that like the lead actor was like hey can somebody please come play young me because <laughs> i can't i'm like 50. <laughs> so last quote notable here david lean believed that a faithful cinematic adaptation of dickens would be heavy or dismal or both so he said quote lots of people have come a have come a cropper on this and i think Ealing Studios came a cropper on Nicholas Nickleby. 
They had every scene in the book in snippet form in the in the film. It just does not work. You have to cut and give it weight and do it proud. You have to savor Dickens. You have to enjoy him. You can't just skip through in shorthand. End quote. Mm. I don't know what coming a cropper means, but yeah, me neither. <laughs> but that's okay. But that's what they did. They came a cropper. That anyway, that's maybe the it's a, notables. Maybe it's a kind of Chad. <laughs> it is a kind of Chad. All right, well, let's go on to the movie overview. So <clears throat> there was a uh, a studio like vignette or what do you call them when they're just like you know Universal's got the the globe and oh now oh, you have like a million of them for every yeah. production studio yeah I, yeah actually not sure if it has a name aside from just logo like occurring <laughs> yeah so well I did not know this was gonna be a logo uh huh. The big dude that hits a gong. Yeah. <laughs> I love I was that like, one, is this actually. part of the movie? <laughs> <laughs> what is this? And then it was J. Arthur Rank. And I'm like, yeah. oh, it's it's the rank. <laughs> I've actually seen that one before. It's just that I I would not have been able to tell you the name of it, but you know, you don't forget the guy hitting the gong if you see no. it. <laughs> if I ever see it again, I will always know that it's J. Arthur Rank. I'm like, oh, this is a rank studios one. Oh yeah. People will be like, How'd you know? And you're like, Well, <laughs> like there's a guy hitting a gong, you yeah. know. You see that once, and then you know. <laughs> um, so, of course, we hit the ground running with some epic orchestral music. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And some opening credits. Yep. And and actually, the music started epic, and then it just kind of went fun. Did you notice yeah, that? It, yeah, it completely changed. I was like, wait a second. Did something? It almost seemed like something was weird, because it was just like... Doo -boo -boo -doo 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 -doo. Suddenly, and I was like, what the yeah. fuck is this? It was very like... Favorite. You know, like these like epic sounds and everything, mm -hmm. and then like you just did, like this is a fun one. What it's am I strange, for? But I'm all right with it. Um, and then and then I realized it was the National Symphony Symphony Orchestra. Oh, well. So the UK National Symphony Orchestra. I guess they're I available kinda... for soundtracks. In 1946, sure. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, we don't turn down money. Yeah. They're like, I don't know if you know this, but the past six six or seven years have been lean for us. And then they worked for David Lean. Yeah, exactly. Um, They're like, oh, lean times are still here. As long, so, as long as they didn't get sold into slavery, though, or whatever. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right, I'll trade you Gene Simmons for the National Orchestra. Okay. Gene Simmons for Penny Lane. Mm -hmm. um, so... I thought it was interesting that they started off with reading the book, the first lines of the book. Yeah, I actually didn't like it at first, but then I, it grew on me a little. Yeah, I mean, I I thought it was weird. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh, I guess we'll be watching Pip then. Um, mm -hmm. Also, I've never read the book, but giving a kid a name like Philip Perup seems mean. <laughs> it does indeed. <laughs> very dickensian though is it did he like alliteration uh he liked alliteration and he just liked weird names he really did keep a book like anytime he encountered a fun name he liked he would write it down so he had like a whole library of names that he enjoyed slash made up slash you know especially if they sounded somewhat like like some of them are just like like one of like a guy like a guy will be named Grimwig and he's exactly what Grimwig sounds like. Um, he he really enjoys he's the hero. Like, oh yeah, sure. 
Actually, actually, Grimwig is a character from from Oliver Twist, and uh, he's not a bad guy. It's just he's he is very dour. But uh, yeah, I uh, I think I mentioned before my my research paper I did on Dickens in class and New Victorian Victorian England. Um, this is what did you get this, on that? I got an A. Actually, I got a like, I got a standing ovation too. Like everybody did really you? liked it. I don't know why they liked it so much, but everyone did. But, That's uh, really cool. Wait, no, hold on. Let's not just jog <laughs> past that. Like, so you had to read it aloud or something? Yeah, yeah. I don't know why reading it aloud was the way they decided to go, but it was. And uh, did anybody I, else get a standing ovation? Not really. And then the my professor, who actually was in the teaching the class, came up to me and was like, "Oh, I love." He's like all excited, and I was like, "Oh well, hopefully I get a good." I was, I was like, "Oh, I'm glad." I don't remember what I said, but he said, "I know what you're getting on that." Like he. You know, Wow, was gonna obviously give it a good. Grade. That must have made you feel so good. It really did. And but anyway, this book was uh, an important part of my uh, my investigations into class in in Victorian England because you know not only is it about class, but you got a guy going from one class to another essentially. I'm sorry, I'm not paying attention to the movie at this point. I'm just I'm like filled with like pride for you right now. Oh, okay. I'm like. <laughs> from like you know what 20 years ago yeah, it was 20 years ago <laughs> i'm sort of sad that i'm just hearing this for the first time yeah. or maybe i maybe i you've told me and i've forgotten no it i definitely very didn't. well be the case i don't think i told you that i went quite so well because i don't like talking about things like that um like i don't think my parents know that still so don't feel well, maybe they will now yeah no they won't um <laughs> Anyway, uh, yeah, so um, I haven't read the book in 20 years, is my point, actually. But I did know it quite well at one point. Well, I've never read the book, period. So, um, on my period or otherwise. But, okay, so his dad had that name, yep. is what I've discovered there. And then I was like, well, or grandfather, because he's looking at the gravestone, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, we do find out that it is his dad. Mm -hmm. um, so, but... Why is that one grave so overgrown? Like every other grave is there's no shrubs or anything, but this one is like he's got a whole bunch of weeds out. Yeah, um, I guess nobody cares. Okay, but I would assume that the kid has gone to the grave before because he knew right where it was. Like how fast are these shrubs growing? This is the fast-growing variety of, of grave shrub. Well, also... What a thing to have on your headstone. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Late of this parish. And then his mom, wife of the above. <laughs> like she didn't even get, not only did she not get a name, like she really doesn't get a name. Well, she had her name on there, Georgiana or whatever. But it's just, I mean, it's really, it's truly touching is what it is. Oh, yeah, absolutely. She has no identity outside of being the wife of above, though. Do you think the that above really loved her? I don't know. Uh, seems like I don't really know because Pip doesn't know his parents, right? Right. Uh, I assume his older sister did, and she turned out great. So I don't know. She's like way older than him, also. Yeah, she's like forty. So yeah, what, what the <laughs> hell? I mean, maybe that's what you know. I don't know. Well, now you know Pip's gonna get freaked out about being in the graveyard, which you know, okay, I kind of mm -hmm. get it. Also. If you were seeing it in black and white like he was, those mm -hmm. trees, menacing in black mm -hmm. and white. They really were. 
And then all of a sudden, this guy shows up. Keep still, you little devil, or I'll cut your throat. And I'm like, mm -hmm. what the fuck is happening? <laughs> this, this is just jumping right into it, isn't it? Yeah, I was like, what a way to start dialogue, you know? Like, mm -hmm. so um, yeah, he's like threatening know. some really gnarly stuff to this kid. Really yeah, <laughs> and then it just keeps going. There's tons of threats. Mm -hmm. I mean, he seems nice though. He seems nice though, and it seems like he's going to be nice later too. Like, it seems like Pip is going to risk his life for this guy in a minute. Yeah, it does seem that way. Sorry, not really, not really sure why at this point <laughs> that he is, but, um, and then he's like, you know, he's talking. They were, he's like, where do you live? I'm like, he's like, I'm right down there. You can see that. Like, where's your house? It's right there. Okay, great. Go get food for me, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, he runs off, and then it looks like he runs for about 15 miles. Mm -hmm. Because apparently his house is right there, but he runs forever. I, you know, it's not even that he runs forever. It's just that there's no church in the background now. It looks like completely desolate place with nothing around it. Mm. The house. No, you didn't get that feeling, or you just? No, I got that feeling. It's okay. It's they're on the moors. The moors. Yeah. Moor moors moors marshes. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's a desolate place, is all. So anyway, now he's back home, and we're gonna meet his uh, his sister, who just beats the shit out of him. Yeah, she's, <laughs> you know, at first I don't know, I I'd forgotten a lot of things that occur here, like a lot of specifics. I remember the overalls, the you know, because that's what you wear when you're a wearing overalls. Yeah, um, and I was like, uh oh, the dad, the the the, I guess he's a step brother or something. The step brother, Joe. Or, you mean Joe? I was like, uh-oh, Joe's going to be mean. And I was like, oh, wait, no, Joe's the nice one. It's the other one that's mean. And she could, yeah, because he's like, uh-oh, you better He's really hide. nice. He's really way nicer. He's than just her. like a really sweet man. Yeah. And meanwhile, the sister, not so much. And yeah. I like his, like, shitty, feeble attempt at hiding behind the door. And she finds him. Oh, mean. I know. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm hiding. It's like, okay. And she's beating him with a stick. It's, it's like, okay. The Victorian time sounded fun. Yeah. So... I was just there. I'm like, man, we've got some lady here. But uh, then she's like, later on, she goes, direct the boy. Ask no questions. You'll be told no lies. Mm -hmm. Like, my goodness, this woman. Yeah, she's uh, she's great. So, you know, she, you know, he very nicely asks his questions so that he can elicit a response. And she, he's asking, like, basically, what, what are prisoners? What do they do to get there? That kind of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And she says something like, yeah, you know, and they all start off by asking too many questions. And I'm just like, yeah, you know, prisoners are your typical ask too many questions types of dudes, you know? They're very curious, you know? They're always looking to find, learn is the yeah. thing. Yeah. Avid, lifelong learners. That's why they always <laughs> have all the books in prison. Exactly. I went to prison um, just to get my law degree. So I figured it was cheaper than going to law school. <laughs> exactly. Um, now, so he's going to go bring the pork pie to this guy and like a file and stuff. And we hear all this whispering, wake up, Mrs. Joe, Mrs. Joe, wake up. Yeah. It's confused. You're me a too. Thief. You'll be sent to the Hulk. And I'm like, is this his inner monologue or something? Yeah. Like, I don't, I, I, I kind of got it once it was like, you're a thief and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But like the wake up Mrs. Joe part, I'm like, why would that be in his head? Yeah. I didn't understand that. And then, than I did. I, I finally figured out what they're. I actually wasn't totally getting it until the cow started talking to him. Yeah, the cow saying, hello, young thief. That was, <laughs> I actually thought that was pretty funny. 
I, I did too. Because at first I was like, wait, I guess this is him talking to himself, but I don't really care for it. It's just not working for me. And then the cow talked, and I was like, okay. <laughs> they made up for it. So now, now I'm like, we've so we've learned about this guy talks about a younger prisoner who's terrible, right? Which when he meets this younger prisoner, he does not look very young, by the way. Yeah. It's like he's a really young man, like a young man of 60. Um, <laughs> but not that 60 is not young, by the way, listeners, um, listener specifically. <laughs> Some 50 um, year old out there is going, oh. Well, you know, thinking of my mom. Okay. <laughs> my mom. <laughs> your, your old mom. <laughs> so, but I was, I'm like, what's the relationship between these two prisoners? Because mm -hmm. he clearly doesn't like them. Yeah, I think not. Like, what happened? Anyway, so we're going to cut back to dinner now. And uh, the outfits <laughs> at this dinner scene are just wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought so too. <laughs> and we and got an Uncle Pumbletook. Uncle Pumbletook, which, you know, again, Dickensian. Yeah. He loved that shit. Um, kind of reminds me of Ian Holm, actually. Oh, Uncle Pumbletook there? Yeah. yeah. I wasn't looking at him hard. And also, there's a guy on the far left that doesn't have any lines or anything. He's just kind of sitting next to Pip. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I swear that's Gary Oldman. It could be, <laughs> by which I mean it couldn't be, but I would like it. Be. I think it could be, and you know, he lives forever. Want to make sure no one knows, that. as do all conservatives. Oh, yeah, sure. Anyway, <laughs> he put on so much makeup, he traveled back in time. He put on, put on time traveling <laughs> makeup. That sounds like a good one time traveling makeup. Mm. Actually, all makeup is time traveling because it makes you look younger. Good point. Uh, you've bested me. I so, always bested you. Well, yeah, that's actually true, and the and the listeners will attest to it. I I attest them, and I best you. That's a good one. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right, my besting days are over. <laughs> so if that boy comes back here with his head blown to biscuits, don't look to me to put it together again. We got really a nice lady here. She's great. Also. They sent a brigade to go after these guys. Yeah. It's not just one officer. They were like, all right, send the entire fucking British army. <laughs> okay, fine. These guys are important, I guess. So important I, that I keep them on boats. Yeah. Instead of an actual prison. Well, eventually they send them to a prison colony, mm -hmm. uh, we discover. But I'm surprised that Pip doesn't want them to find the convicts. Like, he actually says, I hope they don't find him. Mm-hmm. It didn't really yeah. seem like he made that great of an impression, so I don't really understand. I would think he shouldn't have, given that he was extremely... Well, you know, maybe he was nice compared to the sister, you know? <laughs> okay. But you have Joe as a role model here of what niceness is, so... And how come they went along with them? Yeah, that's what I was confused about, too. Like, they just invited them along. Like, to me, I was like, oh, so he must have told them. But then he's like, yeah. I hope they don't find him. And I'm like, but yeah, well, which is it? <laughs> and why are you two here? Like, I don't think they just allow people to come along on prisoner searches. Isn't that bizarre? I just, yeah. was, I was, it was very bizarre. To At me. first I was like, well, maybe they might need, they think they need him to, they might need <laughs> him to fix the, the irons again, but he couldn't do that without his tools. Like he can just do that on the go. So I don't know. 
I don't know. It was weird. But um, so they find him, right? And uh, and he's fighting with the other guy. Mm-hmm. And he, he's saying something like, look, I stopped him from running. So, like, you should go easy on me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but you, but you, okay. You ran. you ran too. Like, you didn't stop you from running. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I, I just, the blacksmith is like, the, the, the guy is just like, hey, I ate that pork pie. Mm-hmm. And the blacksmith is just like, that's okay. You know, <laughs> there's no reason for you to starve. There's nothing you've done that I think, you know, you should starve for. And I'm like, okay, this is a really kind man. <laughs> He's a little too nice. If you, yeah. If you know what I mean? I thought that that was like a great humanist thing to say, though, you know? Yeah. Like, I thought it was because- nice. Because like I'll get, I get into arguments on the internet sometimes. I don't know if I've ever mentioned that before, but one of the frequent arguments I have is about prisoners and prisoners' rights. And people will say, "Well, if they didn't want to starve to death, they should have committed a crime." And I'm like, "Hold on, you know, like that's, in this kind of situation." And like that's not the punishment. You know what I mean? Their punishment is not starving to death. That which shouldn't be a punishment in the first place. And if you punish someone to prison, you they should not thereby starve to death. I don't know feel like this is there's coming. a lot of things that are that are wrong about prison and i think we've talked about this before i've even mm-hmm. said that i'd go as far to say that the sexual predator registry is fucking a like a terrible thing i kind of um, think it is too in a sense i kind of get they ever move on i understand i understand the yeah. safety portion of it yeah however there should be some criteria to be let out of prison then you know mm-hmm. like if if there's still a danger then don't fucking let them back out. But how can you expect there to be no recidivism if you're like, hey, that guy's a, a convict. Don't hire him or do anything with this guy. You yeah, know? Don't hire him. Don't let him live anywhere. Like, and I get not wanting them to live near kids, but like, you got to live somewhere, you know? Yeah. I mean, why? I Fine, have a registry, but have it not public. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can, if you if they are not allowed to be near, I I don't want them near my kids either. I get it, but like, I shouldn't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> that sounds terrible. I know it's 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 a hard <laughs> it's a hard point to make because it makes it oh so you're defending child molesters? No, it's not really what I'm doing. You know, no, like, it's not at all. It's not it's, that I yeah. It's if, funny. If, yeah, we're if they're if they're yeah okay, that's enough of that. Um, so. But uh, yeah, we, that was that was actually something that Dickens was concerned about too. By the way, his treatment of prisoners, um, because oh, really? as you can imagine, prison was even worse back then. <laughs> they, I don't know if you noticed later; they don't even bother to give you like your your sentence individually. Your, your sentence communally. <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> uh, just like I don't know what to do with you all. Just yeah. you're all gonna be hanged. You're all gonna be hanged by the neck until dead. And they're like, oh great. Any um, but yeah, uh, like. So yeah, prisoners were treated pretty badly, and like that doesn't seem fair because yeah. of everything we just said. So, also, uh, prison back then it was like a lot of debtors' prison. You know, mm-hmm. like it was oh, basically yeah. just you were in debt, so you went to jail. Uh, Dickens's father quite famously went to debtors' prison, and it bothered Dickens his entire life. Yeah, um, like you, it, you know who else was a cool guy to to look in? There's two interesting guys to look into from in terms of. Uh, you know prisoners rights mm-hmm. from britain's past james oglethorpe and mm-hmm. uh and james cook mm-hmm. he's james cook cook the guy who discovered australia and new zealand yeah yeah 
Um, Oglethorpe. Go ahead, I'm sorry. I was I was I was gonna ask. Oh, the 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 guy who discovered Australia. So anyway, moving on. <laughs> well, no. So and Oglethorpe was the one who started the Georgia colony, which was oh, okay. basically he wanted to give debtors mm -hmm. a chance at a new life, not being just screwed over endlessly. Yeah. So anyway, um, we get a great segue here. Oh yeah. Uh, which is what I just did too. Um, he goes. It was a year later. <laughs> <laughs> so a year later yeah well, all righty um, all right get right to the point i like it and and now you know he's there's a great opportunity because miss havisham is uh wanting to see little pip here mm -hmm. and naturally that means that he needs to be led around by his hair yep the olden days seemed really nice like we've already just gotten so many examples you know if i was this kid i would not be quite as well adjusted as he ends up being. no kidding well he's so nice the whole time and i'm just yeah. like what is making this kid nice not his sister it. no that's for fuck. Mm. and he's not treated that nicely at miss havisham's either but uh particularly not by some of them some of the people there and i was like so is he going to live with miss havisham now yeah, uh, yeah, I was. Yeah, it's not really entirely clear because she wants him to play, and it's like, well, what does that mean? Yeah, yeah, no kidding. And then you get Estella who answers the gate and gives him quite the look, like mm -hmm. a quite the come hither look. And um, and then your clock stopped, Miss. Mm -hmm. It should say a quarter past three. And she's just like, shut up. It's <laughs> People who haven't watched the movie yet might be like, she doesn't say that. Well, she kind of really does. She, <laughs> she really does. Quite, she doesn't quite say shut up, but she basically says shut up. So, <laughs> and then and then she's leading him up the stairs with a candle, mm -hmm. and I foolishly was like, oh, I guess this is the scene where she caught on fire. <laughs> but uh, no, this scene happens over and over again. So it could have been any time in this movie where this happened, mm -hmm. uh, but um, not the time that the character, a character, Miss Havisham, yeah, which which happens. <laughs> <laughs> also happened by accident so okay a life imitates art i guess yeah they probably put that in right out like oh that's a good idea gene great work with the getting caught on fire stuff. <laughs> like yeah i was improv i have a background in improv <laughs> <laughs> that's improv um it's interesting the way they uh they treat it like it's a theatrical production with the lighting here because mm -hmm. like she walks off and, the, and there's like some light and then all of a sudden the lights gone. Mm -hmm. yeah and i was like enjoying a lot of that they're like, oh, we're on stage. Um, why are there so many cobwebs? Uh, yeah, it hasn't been that long, really. If you think about it, yeah, um, it really has not been long enough for it to look like this. It, it's it's really ridiculous the amount of cobwebs in it. It's like she added cobwebs. Like she was like, can we get some cobwebs in here? It's not dramatic yeah. enough. Because later we find out that it was twenty five years prior. To the conversation that was occurring which is like 10 years after this right exactly so it's like 15 years ago at this point ish and so 15 years is a long time a i'm long not time. saying it's yeah. not but she's been living there and mm -hmm. i know what you said well if she doesn't move or anything you know like but she would move you know <laughs> like there, there would be movement spiders wouldn't just be like oh here's a place to set up shop let's mm -hmm. bring all of our brethren you know <laughs> guys i found a great spot let's go <laughs> and like servants come in and out and Estella comes in and out so yeah it makes no sense um for dramatic effect I guess is all yeah and then why is he there to play quote unquote I was like kind of concerned where this was headed 
Um, she's like, she's like, like, hey, boy. He's like, okay. She says, I have a fancy. I should like to see someone play. Yeah. Play. Weirdly okay, weird. evil yeah. lady. Didn't, didn't really. Yeah, it's it's strange. But Miss, ha I wrote the next thing I wrote was Miss Havisham is super fucking weird. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then just like now Estella's gonna come in and just be a fucking complete dick. Yeah, she's so, like poor Pip. Mean. Like, yeah, like the amount that she's mean is like upsetting <laughs> in a sense. Yeah. We have some foreshadowing here because like Miss Havisham's like, oh, I she's going to break your heart. I hope she breaks your heart. And yeah, like, she's like, break, his, oh, break his heart. Do it, do it. Come on. I was just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And then you know, she's like, whisper to me. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, just whatever. It's because she's like, well, what do you think of Estella? And she, I don't like to say, and she says, whisper it to me. And he says, she's, I don't remember what he says first, but she says, she's kind of mean. Anything else? She's pretty. Anything else? She's insulting. Anything else? And I was like, enough with the anything else. I know. I was, I found that to be, there was a couple of times that this happens. Now take the case. Now take the case. Now take the case. Now take the I think we fucking got it. Why don't we don't need to repeat this line over and over again? Wanna know what weird thing that reminds me of is dude, where's my car when they're at the Chinese restaurant? Or, <laughs> um, like I guess it's not the Chinese restaurant. They're ordering over the, the, the intercom at a fast food place and the lady keeps going, and then and no and then <laughs> exactly <laughs> a movie that I weirdly like. So I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I mean, I liked it too. What's your say, dude? Mm -hmm. What's your say, sweet? <laughs> What's your say? It's just a ridiculous movie. I forgot about that part too, in which they're going back and forth. What does it say, dude? <laughs> oh man, I actually like that. I, I, I think I might rewatch. <laughs> Who's on first? You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's not like. And then there's a part that I I say to people, and nobody ever laughs at it, where. Where they're trying to distract someone, so they're like, "Oh, look, a unicorn!" And the guy's like, "Where?" They're like, "Oh, I guess it was just a regular horse." <laughs> it makes me laugh. That's that's really funny. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever, though, it's not my, not my, my uh, whatever. Let's move on. <laughs> well, I, I I enjoyed the uh, the voiceover. I didn't. Well, I shouldn't say I enjoyed the voiceover. I enjoyed what the voiceover said mm. in this part, where he's like. He, you know, says something how they're above sitting in the kitchen to eat, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. um, and how he, he like sort of aspires to that. The only issue I have with this is that I just don't see how you could be in that room with that woman mm -hmm. and go, God, I wish I could do this all the time. <laughs> this looks neat. <laughs> um, and then, you know, just more Estella being a bitch. Now we're going to meet... Um, <laughs> young Alec Guinness, mm -hmm. right? Um, because she's like, go outside and play for a bit. And he's like, You want to fight? Let me give you a reason first. And then he like knocks his hat <laughs> off, yeah. he rubs his head, and then does a running headbutt to his chest. Yeah, I actually saw that running headbutt and thought, holy shit, stole John's move. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, mine was a punch, but yours you know. was a punch, but he just adapted it to put it. I mean, he like folds his body to 90 degrees and it just I, runs at him. It's a battering ram. <laughs> yeah, it's human battering ram move. It's really great. It's like, it's the bushwhackers. They just he just needed, you know, Luke to hold his head. Yeah, so um fucking weirdo. Which, <laughs> why guy. didn't that make our top 10 wrestling finishers, by the way? That's an excellent um, point to make. 
but I liked how um how like good natured this guy is about how fucking weird he is. Like, yeah, I did too. Weird. Actually, he's kind of yeah. nice about it. Right, he's like not a sore loser or anything. Mm -hmm. Like he gets his ass kicked. He's a terrible fighter, and he's just like, mm -hmm. "Yep, you won." <laughs> oh well, that was a fun fight. See ya. Yeah. <laughs> Bye now. Okay. And poor Pip is like, rich people are weird. Yeah, he's like, I <laughs> want to be a gentleman because this seems like fun. <laughs> he's just he just has like visions of eccentricities that he's allowed going to be allowed to have someday. Yeah, I mean, think about what he's seen so far. Right, mm -hmm. he's had. An older woman who lives in cobwebs and filth. <laughs> she lives in with like no a light, place. like a haunted house kind of kind of place. Yeah, exactly. Like and she's made worn up. her her wedding gown the entire mm -hmm. time mm -hmm. for like fifteen years, and then um, you get a girl that's somewhat his age who is cool. just a complete dick to mm -hmm. him, and then the next the, he meets a guy his age, a boy his age, and the first thing that happens is he wants to get into a fist fight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I just don't know what about this is appealing to him. Mm -hmm. um, maybe it's the big house. It's, maybe it's the big house that's in horrible disrepair. And yeah, I mean, this woman kind of this woman kind of collects children that she doesn't have anything to do with. Yeah, well, you know, pockets rel a relative, I guess. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's very weird. Mm -hmm. So I guess Estella liked him after the fight because she's mm -hmm. like, you can give me a kiss mm -hmm. and then holds out her cheek. Um, and he's just like, oh, I love her so much. And I just want to be like, Pip, this is not a healthy relationship to start. No, no, it is not. There's nothing about this that is that is looking good for you, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I, it's it's strange. He, it's it's He's doing that thing where, like, the more she insults him, the more he likes it. And it's like, yeah. I don't, no, <laughs> don't, Pip, don't. I know. The whole time, I'm just like, oh, Pip, please stop. Um, but three months later, my sister was laid ill <laughs> and was laid to rest. I'm like, whoa, that took a turn. Yeah, it didn't bother him all that much, so all right. I just was like, you know, the, I just feel like there's a difference between being like, she got ill and being like, she died. She got deathly ill. Yeah, it's it's the olden days again. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Everybody just was like, oh, drop. Well, she was twenty five, so that's about time. Yeah, it was past time, really. She was an old lady, <laughs> an old maid. I just so we, we go back to Estella again, and I'm just like, I don't like that he likes this awful girl. You know, mm. like, are we supposed to think it's sweet that he wants to be a gentleman? Uh, the, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not behind this plot at all. <laughs> They have not won me over. So then it's like, uh, I don't know. It still just continues with the, he likes her so much. I'm just like, why? Why do you like her so much? And Miss Havisham is going to give him some gold sovereigns. It mm -hmm. seemed like that was a big deal. I have no I, like I have no frame of reference here, but that <laughs> seems like a lot of money. I don't know. It certainly seemed anything gold you think would be a lot of money. Um, That's what I was thinking. Money was so fucking complicated back then. I, 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 every time I read a book that takes place in the Victorian age, oh, I know, I, I have to look up what any of this shit means because also they have nicknames for all of them, you know? Yeah, so like, just a tuppence and like, yeah, you know. and I'm like, I don't know what, it, and also, like, sorry, I know that America still uses the imperial measuring system and that's silly, but I mean, this all comes from Britain and like coins don't break down evenly. 
over there, especially in the past. It's not like here where a dime is 10 pennies. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. It, it, it moves up in very weird ways. It looks like a sovereign is a British gold coin with a nominal value of one pound sterling. So, oh, so there you go. It's a gold coin, but it's worth a pound, one pound which is made out of silver. Why, why <laughs> it exists, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> well, whatever. Okay. So, um, my assumption is that it's older. Like, people used to use them and don't anymore, which is why Miss Hav Havishev has a bunch of them. Yeah, that's probably. entirely a guess on my part, though. <laughs> no, you're probably right. So, we're going to cut to six years later, and wow, does he look different after six years. Mm -hmm. He looks like a whole new actor. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> I like that um, one. Often I have a hard time with like time jumps forward like that because I'm like, that's not the same guy. Like, I know that that's a stupid thing to say. <laughs> like, obviously, it's not the same guy because one was an 11 year old boy and the other was a 36 year old man. <laughs> but uh, this time it actually kind of it didn't, it wasn't that bad. For me this time i don't know why um often it does not work for me but uh this time I, I was okay with it yeah i was i mean you know i i don't have any issue with it anyway because i understand that you know you can't have the same person play that unless you're yeah. richard linklater and you're gonna wait like 12 years to put a movie together <laughs> david leans like and now we wait <laughs> exactly um but uh, you know the blacksmith continues to be just an incredibly nice guy, mm -hmm. um, and because uh, so Mick Jagger is going to show up, and um, a really much heavier <laughs> Mick Jagger. Um, um, yeah, that's. <laughs> I would I would actually love to see this production with him in that role. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's going to show up and be like, okay, you've got a benefactor, and uh, this benefactor is going to give you a bunch of money, and you're going to be a gentleman. It's the kind of visit I'd like to get. You have great expectations, right? No shit. I was thinking that, actually. There, I'm sure there's a note here coming up that says something like that. Ooh. But um, I was like, oh, I guess I know why it's titled Great Expectations now. There you go. It's like the name of the show. Or the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it's called. Um, so Pip's going to become a gentleman and then, uh, I have to say John Mills does not look like somebody who's been working as a blacksmith. He definitely doesn't. He's quite a dandy, if you will. Um, it's like he's, it's like he wanted to be a gentleman so much that he, yeah. that he affected his own like build. <laughs> he affected his own build. I love it. Maybe he took like reverse steroids, and I, and actually I like back. Remember when he beats up the other kid, Herbert, um, which yeah. is Herbert yet. I actually liked that because I'm like, yeah, you know, like Herbert's like an upper class twit, and right, exactly. And this, this guy gets beat up constantly, so he would be able to just be like, no, like. I also I like that he's, he's so calm about it. He's just like, mm -hmm. um, okay, this is I'm gonna win. Yeah, but alrighty then. <laughs> anyway, moving on back to what contempt the with the way uh, Mick Jagger, you know, dumps the money on the table. I know, like, come on, <laughs> you couldn't have just put it in their hand. Like, I, I, I mean, 
people will do that sometimes if you work in retail like they'll actually some oh i no, know never drop it out of the like really high in the air like holding it up higher than you need to out of a bag but my favorite and, is when you hold out your hand mm. and then they put it like just underneath your hand on the mm. on the counter and you're like cool thanks for making that easier for me sure was nice of you they're like here but, take this my gold sovereigns <laughs> exactly can, okay, I just want to mention here, John Mills looks both old and young at the same time. <laughs> I actually, I 100% agree with you. But What is I, going on with that? He's got a weird aspect to him, but it works because he's supposed to play 20, you know, 18 or whatever. To, uh, yeah, but he looks too old to play that. But then I'm like, well, he does look young. But then, no, he looks old. I, could, I couldn't <laughs> do it. I couldn't deal with it. He doesn't look he doesn't look either 18 or whatever or 30. He looks both simultaneously. Exactly. <laughs> Did you feel that way? Because it really felt that way to me. And yeah. then he dresses like a pilgrim. So I'm just like, okay. <laughs> yeah, they give him money. You should buy some clothes that are not work clothes. He's like, ah, yes, well, pilgrim is clearly the way to go. <laughs> um, okay, not the direction I would have gone in, but fine. Uh, well, okay, so um Miss Havisham is he's going to meet with her because, uh, you know, I mean, I was convinced it was Miss Havisham for some of the movie. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like, oh, well, obviously Miss Havisham's doing it. Right. Um, and she goes, you have a great career ahead of you. And I'm just like, what fucking career? <laughs> I, I like that of someone who that just owns a bunch of land and makes money off it. Yeah. What a bizarre yeah. way we used to live. Yeah, well, best kind of career there is, if you ask me. Yeah, no kidding. Well, a gentleman doesn't have a profession. He's just a gentleman. I know. I know. So taking the bus yeah, now. Tell me. <laughs> I wish I could be one. Um, although I don't think I would handle it the same way as Pip does. I'm confident I wouldn't. And uh, so we're taking the uh, quote-unquote bus, which is a giant horse-drawn carriage. And mm. that comes with its own band. Yeah, its departure is announced by horn, I guess. Yeah. This guy's like this guy's playing. This is fire right here. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's fire. He's like, <laughs> so like I'm like, yeah, baby. It's like it's like it's like going it's like traveling with Kenny G. It's it's totally hip. It is just like that. Because mm -hmm. Kenny G travels in a horse and buggy. Here you don't you don't know this, but I'm uh I'm playing I'm fake playing Rasputin by Boney M on the trumpet. Oh great! I was hoping I would get more Rasputin, so thanks. I know it. <laughs> um, so we're gonna you know the Pip's gonna head over to uh to Mick Jagger's place here, mm -hmm. and um he looks like somebody needs to give him a turkey. Um, <laughs> just like the way they've done him up is mm -hmm. just ridiculous did you notice that mcjagger's got a framed noose in his office i didn't notice the framed noose that's a lot of fun i kind of want to go back <laughs> and look at this it's how, he, it's how he makes his living you know yeah it's uh and then he's got like so he doesn't just have a portrait of a person he has like a paris of plaster or plaster of paris mm. mold made yeah. of their face hanging <laughs> out the wall yeah. Um so, yes, I killed that one and I killed that one too. <laughs> it's because he can't just keep the regular heads on the wall like um like deer, you know. Right, exactly. 
but you can make a plaster cast of their head. That's for sure. Hey, you know, I mean, Stallone still got Van Damme's head on his wall, so. Does he? Yeah, because he cut it off in the last Cut it movie. off and put it. Maybe he's going to make a, a cast. He's like, Mick Jagger knows the guy who can do it. <laughs> exactly. You have to, I just have to cut it off. And, and John Claude's like, oh, that's, that seems weird. Um, I'm not sure that that would work. Um, and he's dead. And he's dead. Okay. So I have to say that, um, okay, first of all, the houses look like they're going to topple over mm -hmm. in this when he's going to the inn, um, which I'm not saying is like, anything about the production i think it's probably accurate to the time i'm just saying wow it's like the leaning tower of house here <laughs> um and and then we get to the and the, they get to the door on the end and it says and it's got their names on it mm -hmm. which i wasn't expecting mr pip and mr pocket jr mm -hmm. and i was just like oh no this is the one who liked to fight <laughs> no you figured that out did you yeah, I knew. It, I mean, it was as soon as I saw the name, because they had talked about the pockets before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the re the relations that are very concerned about her health. I like that that little. Yeah, thing, actually, she's like, yeah, I know you fuckers just want my money. <laughs> well, um, so now you know he's gonna let let him into the room, and he's like, oh, it sticks sometimes, and he like you know blasts it open, running start. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you noticed, but when the door opened, there's no latch. So that's probably why it sticks. Yeah, you should maybe get that fixed. <laughs> it's just jammed together. Um, and I, I'm sorry, but like these two, Alec Guinness and John, what's his name? John Mills. Wayne, um, John, John Mills. They both look like dandies. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm like, is that just what being a gentleman was like you know i mean well we'll get to it but they're gaming mm -hmm. yeah, um, they're <laughs> and, and then you know mr pocket here is gonna be sorry for having knocked you about so i'm like this is an interesting memory he's got mm -hmm. <laughs> i like how pip's just like yeah sure yeah, pip's just like yeah no problem you're good so now we're going to find out the real story about Miss Haversham, or Havisham, mm -hmm. whatever. I, I find it a little bit difficult to believe that she would be this distraught over the wedding. Uh, that she would I, spend 15 years just being like this. Yeah, it's a bit much, perhaps. I mean, it's like they can't, they probably didn't even know each other for very long because back then it wasn't like you dated for years and years, you know? Yeah. I just. I don't know. It seems weird. And I was like, so what is Estella here? Like, I feel like she must be Miss Havisham's daughter, mm -hmm. you know? Um, of course, we find out, but we'll leave that till later. But just watching this movie, I would, like, if I knew nothing of history, I would just be like, oh, so, like, every gentleman was gay back then? They're all homosexual? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Because he just goes around doing homoerotic things. That's so. what being a gentleman is. <laughs> You'll excuse me, I have a I have a previous engagement. <laughs> and then he starts spending too much money, which I'm like, oh Pip, come on. You know? Classic poor guy becomes rich guy a mistake. Just ask MC okay. Hammer. <laughs> just ask MC. Poor MC Hammer. 
I just thought, like, what a life. You don't do anything. You just get money. It's mm -hmm. Fantastic. <laughs> and then he turns 21. He's like, oh, man, I, I thank goodness I'm turning 21 today because, like, <laughs> it's not looking good with the finances. Yeah, we spent a lot of money. Can you imagine if that was your life? You're just like, just have to wait till my birthday because then I know I'll just have a bunch of money. And, uh, yeah, so he turns 21 and he doubles his allowance. Mm-hmm which apparently was already very, like, very rich. Actually, let's look it up real quick. Um, I have it open, actually. Well, I know um, it was 500 pounds. But it's 500 pounds. Uh, let's see. So 1817, right? 1817. Doobie doobie doo. Going down, calculate. Um, 100 pounds in 1817. 100 pounds is worth $10,000. In today's ten thousand pounds, in today's money. See, that doesn't seem like much because that's a yearly wage. Um, and how much was he getting? Six hundred. Five hundred. Five hundred is fifty-two thousand eight hundred twenty-one pounds, and to whatever their census, which I think is a uh, Dane Austin book, isn't it? <laughs> So, uh, let's see, from Great British Pounds to the United States dollar, 66,336.84. What I will say is that every time I look this stuff up, stuff was cheaper back then. Like, your average person lived on, like, you know, a couple of hundred pounds a year, like... Right. Like... And Actually, that was like middle more. Yeah. Yeah. That your average person like wouldn't even see pounds most days. You know what I mean? Right. So exactly. like you could get by on a little on a, on not quite as much as we think of today because you could get like a dinner for like fractions of a pound, you know? Yeah. So that's what I understand to be the case. So sixty-six thousand-ish dollars. And uh you know, I think I think you get like free, you know, just it's like you know. Rich people get stuff more easily than we do. Yeah. I want to be rich. <laughs> That's an unusual aspiration. Most people. Yeah. So I'm good. I'm fine being poor. <laughs> it's really interesting that they put such a premium back then on someone who didn't need to work for their money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know why that's seen as a good thing because it's not seen as a good thing today. No, it really isn't. Well, not in the United States. It might still be in other areas of the world. The United States, the culture of the U.S. is very, like, you got to work for it. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily the case everywhere else. I mean, I got to um, say, that is kind of better, you know? Yeah. In some ways. You know, mm -hmm. I do think that Europeans kind of have the right idea where, like, everybody should get, like, at least six weeks off every mm -hmm. year. You know? And, uh, like, if you have a kid, then you should get, like, basically a whole year off. Mm -hmm. I like that mentality, you know? Mm -hmm. Life shouldn't be about working. I do, however, like, if you're going back in the past, I like the idea that uh, you actually earning things is more important than your birth. Like, your actions being more important than your birth? Yeah. No, I think it's better if you just get things for who you were born to. I'm, I'm fine with that. No, What I, am I I'm, I'm what kidding. I, I agree with you that your worth oh, you should kidding. be what you provide to the world. 
not like, hey, my dad's dick went into my mom's vagina and they were both rich. So that means I'm important. It reminds me of when people tell people that they're trying for a kid. What they're saying is, you know, I cream pie my wife every every <laughs> couple of weeks or something. So anyway, oh, this is where I this is where I wrote. I wish I could find a benefactor that just wanted me to be rich. Yeah, like me bad, right? My only aspiration is for you to have a bunch of my money. <laughs> Sounds great. You can't think of anything to do with it. It's like, yeah, you can think of something to do with it. Give it to you. I want you to become a gay man. <laughs> okay, okay, if you're gonna give me the money for it, sure. I told you they um, were recruiting. <laughs> so, and then you know we do this thing where Joe's gonna come by, mm-hmm. the insanely nice Joe, mm-hmm. and Pip, in the voiceover, is gonna be like, "I didn't really want to see him." You know, I would have paid to not have him there, and I was like, Ugh, "That sucks." Mm-hmm. Um, however. He says that in the voiceover, but the whole scene doesn't play out really like that to me. Like, he's angry about the hat. Like, he's embarrassed by him mm. or whatever. But, I mean, that's pretty fucking clumsy, you know? Like, <laughs> it's he's like in an infomercial where there's got to be a better way to keep your head on the on the mantle. <laughs> and, like, the way that they should use it. Introducing the mantle rack. Exactly. Just like before, a, before like the a mantle horn. rack. It's just, yeah, it's just a, a coat. Thing, you know, like just with some of the hang things on. But before just, I'm that, picturing like antlers sticking off of the <laughs> mantle. That's what anyway. people used to go up before. But no, like he's he like he drops it, but like he carries it to the table and then like puts it right into their gravy or some shit. Like I don't remember well, what it was. He well, no, he like he has this like I'm gonna try to catch it, but then it's like he like runs around the table trying to catch it mm-hmm. and then drops it into whatever you know the cup of tea. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Pip's just like, no, don't stop touching the fucking hat. Which, like, you know what? I, You know, I mean, maybe it's a little much, but not that much, you know? Yeah. Like, he's not going that over the top with, like, dude, let go of the fucking hat, you know? It's enough of this. You're being kind of a little bit too much. And I was just like, you know, I, are we supposed to think that Joe inferred that Pip didn't like him because of the hat business? Yeah, I'm not really sure either. Um, because like there's nothing really mean here. Yeah, because like you said, he he admitted that he didn't like. Oh, I I I didn't want to see Joe, but then he's he's not mean, so it's like okay, like I know. I'm like, it it's it's really bad storytelling, is what it is. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me something, show me, mm-hmm. and then especially don't tell me something and then show me something that's the opposite. <laughs> yeah. So. Or maybe not the opposite, but not what you're saying. Anyway, I just, uh, it, it kind of bothered me, this scene. Mm. So, um, and then, you know, he's like, oh, the way that Joe talked to me and life was filled with reproach. And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. yeah, he fucking should be a weirdo. Um, <laughs> I'm just not enjoying Pip becoming a dick, you know? Yeah. So, but when you become a, a gay man, you become a dick. <laughs> well, at least you start to enjoy it. Um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so I was sort of shocked how much Valerie looked um Valerie Bobson or Dobson or whatever the fuck her name is looked a lot like uh Gene, you know Gene Simmons. Mm-hmm. It was no, yeah, a striking resemblance. Another time jump I didn't mind. Yeah. Somehow somehow this actually kind of worked. 
casting department. Well done. You're all dead, but well done. <laughs> and also, so I'm thinking like, oh, so Estella's going to be kind of fun now, right? Like she's an adult. She's grown out of this nonsense. Nope. Still a dick. Still just a giant asshole. Yeah, she really, she's really, she's a piece of work, as they say. And then so Miss Havisham is is basically betrothing these two after essentially adopting them both, or at least we think she's adopted them both, you know. Mm-hmm. Um getting lots of gay talk mm-hmm. also. You know, that's gay, super gay, yes, gay, the gaiety. Um and then he, you know, we begin the seduction of Estella by uh by Pip, who goes, um, you know, I I have as good a time as I can away from you <laughs> good one pip he's very convincing remember how you used to hate me yeah well i love you yeah, I know. Okay. i'm like pip come on fuck estelle like move on dude she's awful like i'm trying to fuck estelle <laughs> yeah i know i actually thought to myself when i wrote that note zach's gonna make a joke about fucking estella damn <laughs> <laughs> you're you're good <laughs> um she has yet to have a redeeming moment no, at she's, all. she's nicer now but like she by which i Not mean she's much. smiling yeah she, so okay she's like, just learned how to be more fake is really yeah all yeah that's actually you're absolutely right she, her she's she's smiley but she's fake so um i don't know i'm not you know i'm buying the fact that he's like really into her because like he was treated kind of awfully as a kid in a lot of ways not by joe of course and but later by biddy we forgot to mention biddy is their maid oh biddy that's and, well no he gets married uh, is she a maid well first she's helping and then and then like first she's household help is um, that what it is i i, I thought mm-hmm. she was like a um like a relative that came to help um but either way yeah she's lovely to him mm-hmm. yeah but you know the sister was mean and then like when you're kind of starved for like any kind of attention, you you can mistake <laughs> like poor treatment for some kind of affection. I don't know. Sure, <laughs> uh, maybe not then. <laughs> but it's so odd to me that they that they all like to do it. Like, okay, so we're we're in a dance thing here, mm-hmm. right? And um, Pip's jealous. And uh, but but I, I'm just like you think about you go back in time, right? And all these rich people are doing balls all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, the gentlemen are doing the most of them, all oh, these yeah. dandies. but um, but anyway, the um, Nixon balls that's all we got, exactly. Um, why did they just like dances that were pre choreographed? <laughs> It's it's a uh, it's a good way to like you know socialize without having to actually sit and talk to people, and um, it's also like probably the only time all year some guys would get to touch a woman. So, uh, okay. <laughs> well, so I I didn't enjoy the jealousy on Pip. What about you? I thought it was I just not like not that you're supposed to like it, but I was just like, oh God, Pip, this is. No, I don't like it. Well, you're not in favor of their little proposed romance either way. Well, right. I think that's why I didn't like the jealousy as much mm-hmm. as I didn't like it. So she says she doesn't deceive and entrap Pip. Mm-hmm. 
So that means she knowingly does it to all the others. Yeah. <laughs> so that's fine. All the rest but you. He's like, oh, well, that's okay then. And so now we see, we're see we going to see the old uh, convict show up at his door. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm guessing he's the benefactor. Mm, nailed it. Yeah, sure did. And this is where we get our first Gaiman reference. You're nice. a Gaiman. Not really I'm glad you growed up a Gaiman. I don't know how gentleman turns into Gaiman, but I mean, I also don't have a, I don't have that kind of accent, so I can't really speak for it. Well, no, I think he's actually saying Gaiman. Like, I think that was a slang term for gentlemen. Like, they're oh. happy and gay, you know? Oh, I was imagining it just being like, G, comma, man, you know? like. Gentleman. Yeah, no, I think he was saying Gaiman. Like, he's a gay, like, you're a gay man. I'm so happy that you were able to become gay. Um meaning happy <laughs> yeah i'm always happy when when people become gay so yeah it's great are you a homosexual daddy <laughs> um so oh i'm gay he says he's got a great sheep farm in new south wales mm -hmm. and i was like oh he's been in australia that's kind of a fun little reference to the penal colony mm -hmm. um i think it's really nice that this ex-con did this for pip do you think they have balls down in the penal colony Yes. Where I keep them. Yeah. Not as many dicks, though. <laughs> Strangely. Yeah. More penises. Oh, okay. Um, you know, so it's like, you know, it's 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 gaiety without the attitude. Oh, great. Of the gentleman of this era, I mean. Oh, yeah. Know. Absolutely. So, um, you know, Alec Guinness is going to show up and he's like, strike me dead if I split. You know, mm -hmm. like, <laughs> this is quite the oath. Now kiss it. Okay. And apparently they're best friends now. Yeah. This guy in his oaths, it's kind of strange. It's weird that everybody feels so loyal to him. Like, I, I'm just like, I don't know. I'd be like, dude, thanks for the money, but you, you can go now. <laughs> That's enough of you. Um, Now we're going to watch a crowd watching other people get hanged. Mm -hmm. And then they cheer. When it's uh, when it's, it's like that's really gross, but also I'm sure pretty accurate. Right. And then we go back to talking about Estella because he's like, I have to leave to Australia to because I I I owe it to this guy to to like see him safely back, which I'm still like not sure. Like, so does that mean he was still like he he wasn't allowed to leave Australia? Yeah, I'm not sure either. So. so he's a fugitive because he's in Australia. But he's rich in Australia, but he's not allowed to be anywhere else. Mm -hmm. It's just, a, it's weird, right? And then. Um, yeah, I don't know why. I, I, you would think that they would have some sort of extradition, right? With the UK or the Britain or whatever the fuck it was. Well, I know it's a penal colony and everything, but like, how is he able to get rich then? This I would is... think that he's no longer like being punished at that point. I I got nothing. It's it's just very confusing. As me. per usual. <laughs> and then he's gonna be like, Oh, well, I don't know what I'm gonna do about Estella. You know? I'm just like, dude, fucking she sucks, man. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel about Estella. I like her. Do you? No, you don't. I so could, I could see being like really into her if that had, had been my exact circumstances, so Really? <laughs> so you could see in the circumstances of like 
You were a young boy who was mistreated by this girl who once let you kiss her on the cheek. Well, <laughs> twice. Um, then you go on and you get a bunch of money and then you can kind of meet with and have balls with <laughs> all of these women all over that you would go back to this one who is just a fucking see you next Tuesday all the time. Yeah, I could deal. I, could, I think I, I could see it happening. I'm not saying it's you know, like inevitable, but I could see it. I feel like a little too much time passes for this to be accurate, mm. but you know, whatever. <sighs> Maybe it could. I just, you know, fucking she sucks. I just want to be like Pip fucking get away from her, man. Um, so this whole thing was just for Miss Havisham to see a boy have his heart broken also, by the way. Yeah, which is okay then. <laughs> that is dedication to a bit, you know what I mean? Yeah, no kidding, right? You know, um, she, I, she, she, her heart's broken that time, uh, however long ago. She's sitting there looking at the wedding cake. She goes, ah, now I plan my revenge <laughs> on people who aren't born yet. Yeah, but what's weird to me is it's like, but so you're breaking his heart. You're not breaking the other guy's heart that's going to marry this chick. Yeah, but she's sworn whatever on the whole male sex. Right, but he's also the male sex. Mm -hmm. So none of them should be happy under these circumstances, right? So why does one get to be? Um, also, I, well, okay, so Estella's got one funny line here because she goes... Mm -hmm. I guess we should say the the dude that uh, that Pip has been jealous of is going to end up. He finds out that that uh, Stella is actually going to marry him, mm -hmm. and they kept it from him so that they could have this moment in front of Miss Havisham, and they and then she could see his heart get broken. Right? Because like she's got a weird like fetish for it, as far as I can tell. Yeah, she came in that moment. She's so, like, break his heart, break his heart. Yes. Yeah, she's like, oh. Um, and I mean, you know, people think we're joking, but we're kind of not. Yeah. So. But she, but Estella says, "Don't be afraid of my being a blessing to him. I shan't be that." And I'm like, "Well, that's fucking true. You would not be a blessing to anybody." <laughs> At least she shows some self awareness, you know, in the moment. Yeah, I mean, She's like, no, I'm in her bitch. defense, she, she did tell Pip, like, "Don't fall in love with me." Yeah, like, she knows. I'm not going to reciprocate this. And he's just like, "No, that can't be true." And he's just like, "No, I'm, I'm, I'm a bitch." But it sure can be. I didn't really understand the speech he gives to Miss Havisham either. Like, I get that he's chastising her and calling her out for living in the past and stuff, but I can't imagine that her having raised Estella to be a man-eater and living out this fantasy of breaking a man's heart, that suddenly she's been reformed. You'd think not, but uh, whatever. And then she burns well, to death. So yeah, I was going to say, know. any supposed reformation is rendered mute by the fact that she burns to death immediately. <laughs> Wait, so rendered I, rendered moot or mute? Yeah. Oh, moot, but I said mute, so I was okay. hoping, nobody would, hoping nobody would notice. She is. She also is rendered mute forever in that she doesn't say anything after dying. They <laughs> just made me do a spit take. <laughs> She's rendered mute forever. That's a, that's a way to say that. Because um, her lips got burned off. Probably. It's surprising that, that Pip wasn't accused of anything there. That's what I was thinking, too. And also... You know, maybe he ate her. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> well, you know, she got cooked. Yeah. Ooh, he's like, ooh, this smells. He checked the internal temperature, and he was like, "Yeah, this is good meat." He's like, "I like my old ladies rare." 
Yum, yum, yum. Straight for the hindquarters. Nope. Um, yeah, that was Miss bacon. <laughs> What's bacon, Miss Havisham? <laughs> oh, God. What the hell is next here? Where he's like, don't go home. And it's the guy that gives him his money, who apparently likes him enough to do this, by the way. Mm -hmm. And then, um, so he goes to his house and, and then you don't mind an aged parent, do you? <laughs> hey, aged P. He calls him aged P the whole time. Is yeah. he his parent? Is he just I, a parent? I, it's, I found him on the street. <laughs> he followed me home. I assume he's somebody's aged parent. Um, yeah, I think it was like his pa. So he's aged P. And like, there's a very, it's a very strange little, it's a kind of a funny interaction. Oh, it's, it's hilarious. It's a little out of nowhere. It's yeah. entirely out of nowhere. It's fucking crazy. I, what is this scene in this movie? I will say that Dickens is full of these kinds of scenes. Um, often they're very funny, even in writing. It's just that, it's just that they didn't include enough of this in this movie. For it not for to, to have, yeah, no kidding. Well, this is the thing where this kind of thing will, will works on the page because you have more time to develop it. Mm -hmm. But to just throw it in here feels just nuts. It's a bit strange. So we're gonna get another uh, mention of gaming. Oh yeah, which, which is just what a fun word. I also like to think of it as an occupation. <laughs> um, <laughs> what do you do for a living? I'm a gaming. <laughs> I also am surprised that Herbert is so game for this endeavor to sneak the guy back to Australia. It it is strange, um, because like it's a lot of work on his part. Actually, it's not just he's like complicit in it. He's like rowing places and like frequently because they have yeah. to establish like their presence down at the docks. So yeah. like, they're like rowing every other day, and this guy can't like this guy that much, right? I get Pip being like, all right, well, I have a past with you, and I understand you were a prisoner. That's why you were mean to me then. You were just afraid for your life or whatever. And you've left me all this money, so I owe it to you. Blah, 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 blah. Herbert has no such, you know. Yeah, he's got no skin in the game at all. <laughs> all he knows is that this guy, like, threatened him weirdly and made him swear on a Bible or something. Or right. a tiny Bible, was it? I, I, don't, I don't even know. Yeah. So, um, like, he's like, oh, I immediately like you. I, I like anyone who threatens me with a knife. And so now, yeah, exactly, right? And so now that we've got this other XCOM that's uh, that's um, you know, following them around. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> he's like, I, I just, I'm like, okay, so when's the sh other shoe going to drop with this? You know? Mm -hmm. it, it was just like, don't, like, I felt like being like, don't show me that he, like, I just you know, bring it up later. I like, I get it. That's this guy's following them. You know, I don't know. Oh. It just felt like, and, um, now we're going to have a five for sure on the fight slash chasing okay. thing here. We've got our first ever rowboat chase scene. <laughs> it's as exciting as it sounds. Yeah. It's, uh, okay. So they catch him, you know, um, Pip's going to save, the guy's life mm -hmm. diving in under the great wheel of death. <laughs> um, and now we're going to have the scene that you mentioned earlier where the judge is sitting like way up high above everybody. Oh, well, yeah. He's, he's higher than everybody. If you know what I mean. <laughs> and then he's going to be like, you're all going to die. So yep. enjoy your hanging. And we're like, um, we pan down this line of people hearing the fact that they're being sentenced to death. It's 
kind of weirdly cruel. And uh, one woman faints because, you know, I wonder what she did that she's being sentenced to death, you know? Well, she owed a guy a farthing, so. <laughs> well, there you go. Is that, is that what they used to call it back then? Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So did the judge really sit up that high? I, it, it looks like a dystopian, like, fake setting, you know? Especially knowing what you mentioned about forced perspective earlier. I kind of think that they, I kind of suspect that with, no matter how high judges did sit back then, they David Lean was like, yeah, let's make him like a fucking mile up on all these guys. Yeah, really. <laughs> um, and then, of course, you know, like, oh, he's got a kid. And I'm like, oh, Estella's the kid. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, <laughs> I know how you're doing things, Dickens. I've caught on. Yeah. And then he's still got bandages on his hands at this point. Like, yeah, it's how bad was he? Were these burns? Yeah, I must have been pretty bad. Um, so turns out Mick Jagger was kind of a nice guy. Mm -hmm. Although maybe you should have thought of a, a better, you know, parent to yeah, the have. Shame. Yeah. Well, granted, she's rich and everything, but like. He knows the circumstances. <laughs> yeah, she never leaves the house. She barely leaves the one room. She hates all men. This right. Seems like where you want to leave a little girl, right? You'd think so. And then on top of that, then Pip is going to be like, Estella can never know. And I'm like, but why? <laughs> I feel like she can know. Why shouldn't Estella know who her parents were? It's just a weird... Mm. Yeah, I didn't get that either. And they're like, oh, he's in the infirmary. So we got to the infirmary. I'm like... Wow, this looks comfy. <laughs> yeah. Here's some stone to lay on. <laughs> nice soft stone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's granite, so it's quite hard. <laughs> <laughs> and I still am just like, what did this guy do? Yeah, we never know. We never know what the other guy did or what the or what the other guy really had. Do we know on the book? I probably, but I don't remember well enough to say. I just it drives me crazy that we don't get to know like it would it would make a difference to me if it was just like oh i just murdered about 15 people you know <laughs> oh i was in a rough spot then <laughs> um as opposed to being like you know i don't know i i robbed an apothecary <laughs> i stole a draft of, of of mercury tincture of mercury <laughs> exactly um so anyway, I was you know, I was mad for the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought of that and went, all right, I gotta include it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. Um so you know, now I guess Pip gets sick and then he's back at Joe's when he wakes up and he's been in a coma for at least a few weeks or something. I don't know. Yeah. Fever coma. I don't <laughs> well, it's April now, you know, so meh. Coma. <laughs> well, I'm just like, okay, so it's April, but we have no sense of what the time was before that. So telling me that it's the end of April or it's almost May or whatever the fuck month it was, I'm like, okay, does that mean that it was April 29th yesterday and this is the morning after? <laughs> and it's still April. Yeah. Like, what, what does that mean? Um, and now, uh, you know, he's feeling sad and he's like, I'm happy for you guys. You're getting married, but I'm never going to get married because Stella doesn't want me. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to go over to Miss Havisham's house, and then we're going to have an incredibly long trip down memory memory lane, memory lane, <laughs> <Fucking> <laughs> <Memberly> lane. <laughs> and uh, you know, with all the voices in his head thing. Mm -hmm. 
like we're just we're just listening to the movie now apparently. <laughs> and then shock estella's here too whoa so estella's gonna turn into miss havisham here mm-hmm. you know um which i don't think fits because like miss havisham wanted love very badly and estella just was a bitch the whole time yeah uh, i feel like she could just continue going on being a bitch so um and then he's gonna have this big dramatic scene where he opens the windows and i guess she's gonna have a overacted realization that she's turning into miss havisham and then they're gonna run away together because mm-hmm. she's changed now yeah she's changed. is anybody happy that they're together pip sure is well he's not gonna be <laughs> that's gonna be short-lived so that's the whole movie <laughs> i guess we can go on to the rank i guess so So the rank is where we rank the movie based on 10 categories, story, acting, originality, film coherence, cinematography, score slash soundtrack, script structure and dialogue, character relatability, production value, and timelessness. And uh, we rank it on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being the worst, 10 being the best. Story is the first category, and Zach, you get to go first. So what do you have? Well, for the story, like, in that it's Great Expectations by Charles Dickens, um... I remember loving that book, so I would give it like you know a five-ish or ten-ish since it's this. That's since it's, since it's this right one to ten. I was like five. Yeah. Oh, okay, <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I hated that book. It was like only one robot chase scene, and <laughs> it was like kind of lame as far as robot chase scenes go. Um, but if we're talking about the story of the movie, th- this was a seven and a half for me. Um, I thought it was pretty. I, I actually kind of enjoyed it a lot. Um. I felt like the the twists there, and I know the twists aren't the point. Like you shouldn't just care about twists, but they were kind of telegraphed a bit in a way that I don't remember them being quite so telegraphed in the book, where it's like, okay, like you said, okay, so it's a stellar, right? You know, like yeah, she's she's the kid, right? Like we know that. Um, so they didn't handle it quite as well, and like I I very much questioned the need to um, adapt these books sometimes because it's a long book and there's a lot of stuff that happens. Dickens is like particularly weird adapting because he he wrote his books in serial form. So like they appeared every week in magazines or every month. And so they're very episodic since you had to kind of like write little individual bits that people could enjoy by themselves as well. Um, so actually it does feel like a lot of scenes one after another that oh, don't always feel super connected. Um, a lot of slice of life stuff, but like you can't really keep that stuff in a movie unless it's going to be nine hours long. So you end up having to excise a lot. I thought they did a good job of excising a lot here and still making it a pretty good story, but not a perfect job. And I kind of wonder if it's necessary. Like, you don't just have to adapt every great book, but whatever. Yeah. Um, Also, do you think the twists were Oliver? (laughs) So um, (laughs) the the twists in that book were particularly telegraphed. Telegraph had just been invented, so it was a big deal for him. Mm. Well, I gave story a 5.25. Oh, so you didn't like it as much. So the story is essentially a biopic of Pip. Mm -hmm. Um, It's what's called a Bildungsroman. 
it's a German word, buildings, and then Roman, um, Roman. Uh, it's the story of a young man's like coming of age. It was a very popular genre at the time. And several of Dickens's books are are that exactly. I'm sure that the I would enjoy the book. Because I was having a hard time with this one. I, it was engaging, okay? Mm -hmm. But I'm just not sure there was really much to this, and it doesn't mm -hmm. give much explanation. So, like, what did the guy go to jail for? What redeeming mm -hmm. quality did Estella ever show that would make him <laughs> like her so much? Very little. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. It was okay. I just... it's you know, That's, that's the kind of stuff that was probably addressed in the book, you know? Right, exactly. That's what and, I mean. It's like, I'm sure I would enjoy the book, but, like, this, you just, you're not giving me anything. No, I, I feel you there. Well, anyway, the next category is acting, and uh, I gave that an eight and a half. Oh. I don't think anybody was really bad in this at all. Uh, mm -hmm. There was some old school overacting, but not too much mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, that's it. What do you have? I gave it an eight and a half, too. I was excited when you said that. Um, <laughs> I felt like it might have been a little high, but I thought it was well acted. Um, yeah, I thought so, too. I, uh, I thought that John Mills did a good job. He was At first, I was like, I don't know about this. <laughs> um probably i was like reading him as much older than 16 or whatever and that was what was bothering me but then i think especially toward the end he gave it a lot of a lot of depth and emotion that i enjoyed and uh everyone else is good too so yeah yeah i mean um it, yeah i thought it was really good so the next category is originality what do you have for that well um you know <laughs> is this for the story or the or the movie is the question but i gave it a the movie seven. yeah um because like it's an adaptation of, of of a book so it's like it's a hard category for me but um i i feel like you don't you know they're aside from adaptations of this story and very similar well, and very aside from very similar things it's pretty original what i'm just saying <laughs> but uh i do feel like it's 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 original enough and like you know um victorian dramas are maybe bigger now than they were then and I, I feel like this would have been interesting to watch at the time, you know, like whether you knew the book or not or cared about Dickens or not. Would have been like, oh, I don't really know if. Well, then again, I don't know. <laughs> I gave it a seven. Let's move on. <laughs> well, well, it's interesting. The Victorian drama part of this kind of got me a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. You're making me rethink what my score is um, potentially because it's interesting that you point that out because I feel like, especially now, you get Victorian era dramas and they're all like, it's all royalty. You know, mm -hmm. it's never, it's never the peasantry, mm -hmm. um, which, you know, this one has, you know, upper class tinge to it as well. Mm -hmm. But on top of that, <clears throat> it felt very much like they were showing a more realistic view of like what it was like to live back then. Yeah. Things were not clean. Mm -hmm. Where <laughs> I feel like the movies that do it now, everything's very pristine and, yeah. you know. Like, no, they just threw shit on the streets. So yeah. it's not I would clean. I would love to see a Victorian drama in smell-o-vision, you know? Yeah, exactly. Be like, wow, no one has bathed in years. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, so Mick awesome. Jagger washed his hands a ton. Well, <laughs> you know, get a concert uh, later. So. <laughs> so I actually gave it a five. Mm -hmm. Part of the reason is that there had only already been an adaptation of this Dickens book. Mm-hmm. Um, on the screen, so it's definitely not 
even like the first one. Yeah. And I don't really think there was anything particularly original about it. So I'm just, I just went with a five. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe as we move on in the series and we rank more like older movies and new, newer movies, it'll, it'll go up mm -hmm. to me. But I think I'm actually going to go up to a five and a half just based on the, uh, on the Victorian stuff that you mentioned, because I, okay. I do think that that's, that's valid. All right. So now on to the next category, which is film coherence. I give that a six and a half. Mm -hmm. I touched on some of this with story already, but I still don't really understand a lot of this film. I'm willing <laughs> to buy that the ex-con got rich in Australia and then bequeathed it to Pip, but he wasn't allowed to be in England then. Um, what exactly was he in trouble for doing? Why was Estella such a bitch? How could any filmmaker film this and think people will definitely want Pip and her to be together? I feel like they were counting on the idea that everyone will have read the book, you know? Mm -hmm. So that all being said, I think it's coherent in the sense that I followed the plot from beginning to end, but I don't know. I think it could have been better. What, what about you? Uh, well, seven again for me. Um, I uh, this 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 goes back to like them that exactly what they chose to to leave in and what they chose to take out um i i don't know off the top of my head obviously what they chose to leave in what they chose to take out but there was enough there were enough moments in here where something wasn't explained where i was like you sh probably should have left something in here because i don't feel like you know a great work of literature left out some of the motivations here that you don't seem to be showing so maybe maybe on a further examination of the book someday i'll go oh no they left everything in but um, like you said, there, there there was just enough that I was like, I, this this they didn't really explain this, and then we were we wasted time on the admittedly funny scene with the aged P, but we didn't find out like a lot of things yeah. that we probably should have found out. Right, exactly. I just think you know, I think it was, I think it was poor job, David Lean, and I know he's like you know considered a great director, but I don't think he put this together very well. Mm -hmm. Well, I as you as as my score suggests, I, I thought it was pretty good, but not. But at the same time, there was a ton that I was like, "Huh, yeah, what happened here?" Well, let's go to the next category, which is cinematography. What do you have for that? I gave that a nine. I thought they did a great job. Um, I'm counting a lot of the effects stuff as part of that, like the uh, the the foreshortened shit and the forced perspective and everything. Um, I thought they did. A, I, I, it was like. Because I was thinking initially, the movie starting, and I'm like, why do we really need this? Like, when people cover a song, and if it's just very similar to the original song, it's like, why'd they do this? I didn't need this this person singing it. I could have just listened to the original person singing it. Right. I feel like that with way with movies sometimes too. Like, it's sometimes it's better left as what it was. You know, we didn't need the movie version. Um, so I was like, oh, I wonder if this is going to really justify its existence aside from just being pretty well done. Um, but like pretty immediately, the the scenes on the on the at the graveyard and the and the marshes and everything were quite haunting and well done, and uh, a lot of it kept kept on like that and being weirdly haunting and weird and and the uh, Satis house, um, which is where Miss Havisham lives. Mm -hmm. um, they they left out one of my favorite lines, by the way, in the book to the point that I remember it off the top of my head. She's telling Pip that it's called Satis House. Um. And she says, oh, it's built by my grandparents or something like that. She's like, and they called it Satis House, which means enough. Um, they must have had rather different standards back then. Um, <laughs> I find that to be a very funny line. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, But anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, it was, I mean, they did, a, they did a very good job of setting the mood. And 
I thought it was well done. So, and like you said, with the light and shadow and everything else, it was again, it was uh, very striking. Yeah, I gave it an eight point seven five. I basically felt the same way as as you did. I thought mm -hmm. that um, you know they they did a good job of framing things in a very. Uh, I, I mean, I think of the graveyard scene in the very beginning, specifically, mm -hmm. and the way that they showed the the tree and everything, and it, mm -hmm. <clears throat> you know. A great sign of cinematog good cinematography is that it elicits an emotional response from the sight mm -hmm. of it without having to say anything. Mm -hmm. So, and it did that, you know. I, I don't know that it kept up through the whole movie, um, but it was really good. So, all right, that was it for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. All right, so they, now the next category is score slash soundtrack, and I gave that an eight and a half. Mm -hmm. I actually really like the orchestral sounds in this film. Mm -hmm. um, I felt like it presented a gay old time when it was supposed <laughs> to, when it was supposed to, and dire epic sounding when it needed to. It was just a really nice accompaniment. So, mm -hmm. uh, what about you? I, I gave it another seven. I gave this a lot of sevens, as it turns out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I feel pretty similarly. Um, seven's pretty good. So <laughs> I, I felt pretty similarly in that I thought it worked, but, um, you know. Well, let's seven, go to seven. It is. <laughs> I, I always feel so justified in filling space as far as my explanations. I could just say seven and then to be done, but I'm always like, I, I always feel like I have to over explain, which I'm doing again. So let's move on. So the next category is script structure and dialogue. What do you have for that? Um, that one I gave a 6.75, so not a 7. <laughs> um, like, I, like we talked about the coherence problems and the fact that it just doesn't explain things. The dialogue was good, though. Um, yeah. But, you know, stickings. Yeah, I, 7 for me. I, the, basically, structurally poor, as mm -hmm. described, as I described both in story and film coherence. But the dialogue's pretty good. Um, I was never taken out of it by bad dialogue. The speech Pip gives to Miss Havisham is, was a little forced, but I'm sure it was taken straight from the book. Mm -hmm. um, also, they made Pip too nice. Even he when was, he was supposed to be supposed to be being mean, yeah. we only know that he was being mean from his voiceover. So I just think they could have been more effective with the portrayal of him being like all too happy to be rich. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, someone's not bad. No. So the next category is character relatability, and I give that a seven and a half. Mm -hmm. I think the characters are relatable, except for Estelle and Miss Havisham. <laughs> so two of the really most important characters, but that's right. okay. It's hard for me to buy the personalities of either of these two. Even So like everyone else was fine, and it's not to say that those two were completely unrelatable. Weirdly, I think Miss Havisham was almost more relatable than Estella, mm -hmm. but Estella was basically a sociopath. So I guess <laughs> sociopaths are hard to relate to, so... What about you? I gave it an eight. Um, but then again, I was I I empathize a lot more with Pip than you did. Because um, I don't know, I could just imagine being mistreated and then thinking, this girl that's mean to me, I really like her. Um, maybe I'm crazy. But, uh, and I, you know, it's, you kind of have to like buy it. It really makes me worried about your relationships. <laughs> Well, uh, I will say that that has that is not I, that has happened at least once. Something very similar to that. I mean, and it's uh, happened to me too. So I guess I, yeah, should be more empathetic. Uh, so anyway, it yeah, just but, makes uh, me angry to see now. You know, 
Yeah, you have to buy though that um, Miss Havisham would be jilted at the altar and Im just give up on life a hundred percent. Yeah, I know. Dedicate her life to sitting and 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 raising a man eater. I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so okay, but I get I get Estella being like she was raised to be that way. You know, she was like. I mean, the scenes of her, like, literally goading Estella on, you know, like, you break his heart, break his heart. Um, it's a bit much. But if you accept it, I thought it was well done. <laughs> if you don't accept it, then you probably think it was pretty silly. Yeah. I did accept it. So that's why I said she was a little bit more relatable than Estella. Although, you know, that being said, still Estella is relatable in the sense that you can understand that she was really improperly raised. So... Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's go to production value. What do you have for that? Uh, that one I gave an 8.75, but I uh, actually am curious as to what you say. Well, I gave it an 8.5. Oh, okay. Feel, okay. I, I get the feeling you're going to speak for both of us, but I'll just throw in that this goes along with the cinematography score where I just think they did a really good job, and it looked like... The, I don't know if they used sets or, or filmed on location in you know, some of the older parts of London, but it looked great. Yeah, I thought they made good use of what they had. I, I mm -hmm. liked that the the humble home Pip starts out in doesn't mm -hmm. doesn't feel like it's too big. It's not adorned with the wrappings of wealth, you know. Mm -hmm. um, it like I liked the sets they used. I and I genuinely felt like I was looking at early nineteenth century Britain. Mm -hmm. So well done. Um, the only thing that I had an issue with were the costumes. I'm sure they were true to the time, but I just don't believe that everyone, even a blacksmith, had these really fine suits to just travel around in. <laughs> So, I mean, I, I mean, I know he looks silly in it, but he still had it. So yeah, exactly. I just, I don't know. I had find that hard to buy. Um, but yeah, so eight and a half. And I, the next one is uh, is timelessness. I'm sort of upset that I'm going first on this, but yeah, uh, to be you. Yeah, buckle up. Two point seven five. <laughs> is that is that about the lowest you've ever given a best picture nominee? It is. <laughs> So if I mention Great Expectations, most people will think of the novel by Dickens, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But if I said, no, 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 the movie, I doubt the vast majority of people would even know that this, this particular version of Great Expectations existed. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I didn't think it was all that great. So I don't think it's worthy of an, of an idealism boost like Crossfire got. Mm -hmm. So there you have it. What about you? I, a six, but I'm thinking of putting it down because I gave it a six in that, like, I feel like, like you said, people don't really think of it. I feel like they think of the... Uh, Maybe it's just the age we are, but they made a, uh, a like an updated, modernized version of this with Ryan Phillippe in the uh, right. 90s. And I think they th might think of that first, actually. That's but, what uh, I that's what I was getting at. Yeah. Um, They're making so, they made another one this year, I think. Did they? I think so. At, or, or or for all I know, they made a bunch, you know, at BBC, you know, TV dramas that people think of like. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think I actually might put it down a little bit. Um, what did I give it a six? Yeah. Let's put it down to a five. That seems perfectly fair. All right. So there we go. Um, that is the rank. Ooh. Let's see how it did. Well, it's not the worst best picture of all time. That's still The Aviator. <laughs> but amazingly enough, it fit right between Million Dollar Baby and The Aviator huh. at a, a 143.25. I'm enjoying how much good old Howard Hughes is popping back up in a lot of these. <laughs> I know, right? It's fun. almost every single one. Just goes to show you, I guess. What it goes to show you exactly, I don't know. I think the only one 
it wasn't in was Miracle. He wasn't in was Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. I think I had him in Crossfire, Bishop's Wife. Oh, maybe I didn't get him in Gentleman's Agreement. I think I did though. Ah, doesn't matter. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. If you'd like to see an updated list of our rankings, you can see that on our website at therankwithjohnandzack.com. Check us out next week when we're ranking the 2014 movie Kingsman, The Secret Service, starring Taron Egerton and Colin Firth um, and Samuel L. Jackson and directed by Matthew Vaughn. And if the action movie series isn't your thing, then join us in two weeks for the next movie in our Best Picture series, which will actually be the first movie of 2023. So at the time of this recording, we don't know which one that will be. But not to worry, we will have all of them ranked and published before the Oscars telecast on March 10th. So goodbye. Well, we, we, we greatly expect you to come back next time. You couldn't let not let me get to the rah rah Rasputin part. I didn't know there was gonna be a rah rah Rasputin part. <laughs> rah rah Rasputin. I love this song. <laughs>